Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's time to rise and shine. I am Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. It is Wednesday, the 5th of October. And yes, I am into my second cup of coffee of the day. I don't know. I have really big cups of coffee, so I don't know. Technically, it might be my third cup of coffee. Paul, how many ounces are in a technical cup? Um, like eight. Only eight ounces. Yeah, so I'm on my second 12-ounce cup. So 12 and 12 is 24. Technically, three cups of coffee. Yeah, there yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. Math on Wednesday. Um, all right, the number of people who, this is a prayer concern. This is a, like, wow, wake-up call prayer concern. The number of people who died by suicide here in the United States of America rose in 2021. Um, and 47,646 people in the United States took their own life in the year 2021. Um, and that is more than 2,000 over the number who took their lives in the year 2020. And so we're talking about 90,000 people in in the span of just two years. And when I think about how devastating that is to a family and friends and a congregation, you talk about 90,000 people in the span of two years. Um, this is just one of those things that like, if we're not, if you're not paying attention to what's happening in the lives of those around you, um, today would be the day to press in. These, are, these, these numbers should alarm us. We should never get to the place where we think it's normal for anyone to take their own life, let alone tens of thousands of people. So there were a couple of years that the, um, the suicide rate you know, dropped in the United States during the pandemic in particular. So the years 2019 and 2020, it was a slightly lower um, rate, but you know I'm still giving you those horrific numbers, nearly 46,000 people in the year 2020. Um, and so experts had been hoping that, hey, maybe we are maybe we're doing the right things. Maybe after you know consistently rising year after year over two decades, maybe we've reached the place where we figured some things out and the suicide rate is going to actually consistently decline. Well, these numbers from 2021 tell us otherwise. Um, and suicide rates rose uh, among several demographic segments, to- topping the list, young men, 15 to 24, men, 24 to 44, and men, 65 to 74. Um, that's a lot of men in our culture taking their own life. But then there's this. This sentence really leapt out at me. The report zeroed in on another alarming trend. Suicides in middle school age girls, little girls, 10 to 14. And um, if you were going to talk about a number that is, quote unquote, statistically significant in terms of a cause of death, you might say 
oh, you know, a couple hundred little girls across the country in a given year is statistically insignificant. Um, I would I would say 237 little girls, 10 to 14, taking their own life last year is is significant in every way, statistically speaking or not. Um, the impact, the crisis that that creates in their families, their schools, among their friends, in their church, the communities, it's immeasurably significant. Every life matters. And so um, we can never let suicide become normal. And we cannot return to some kind of normalcy in our culture where we think that um, isolation, depression, um, anxiety, self-harm, ultimately suicide is normal. The, we, we, we cannot be, as Christians, we cannot be okay with a culture that says, oh, well, that's normal. So um, if you or someone that you know is in crisis, increasingly isolated, um, darkened in their spirit, avoiding contact and increasingly angry or hostile, self-harming, it's time to call 988. Reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, If you're looking for ministry resources related to this, Crew has a 24-7 crisis helpline, and they also have a lot of resources on their website, um, crucrew.org suicide prevention resources. Um, This life that we possess is a precious gift and treasure, but it is in a jar of clay. And so um, some who are being afflicted are being crushed. Some who are perplexed are being driven to despair. Some who are persecuted do feel forsaken, struck down, destroyed, and so we need to be people of encouragement today because we recognize 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10, that that's not true of the Christian. We, we possess the surpassing power of God within us by his Holy Spirit. And so we need to be the people who bear light and, um, and call people to hope and walk with them through valleys of darkness and despair. It's not okay with me that in the year 2021, 47,646 people in the United States died by suicide. And it's certainly not okay with me that 237 of them were little girls ages 10 to 14. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Bill English is back from BibleandBusiness.com. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. So I have to ask, what what brand of coffee do you drink that lets you go three, <laughs> four cups in the morning? <laughs> so I like Illy, I-L-L-Y. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So Illy, uh, yeah, well, there you go. 
Mm-hmm. You, I know that. I know that where you live, you can get it at that fancy store that has two names and looks like it sells furniture because they don't put grocery carts in the parking lot. That's right. That's Lunds and Byerly's for those yeah. who who want yeah. to know. Yeah, they. Yes. I, I, I know you can get Illy there, and it comes in a silver can with a screw top uh, lid. I know. There you go. Got it. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I got for you. Lid. Okay. I'm telling uh, you, that's what I got for you. It doesn't. Yeah, it's uh, Illy. I, I, I L L Y. It's my favorite. All right. It's not well, that this is an you. advertisement of any kind. <laughs> I also like that tea, that spiced tea at Good Earth. I mean, you know, since we're talking about hot beverages that we like to drink. But it is yeah. hard at this time of year to surpass a, a fresh, like, freshed, pressed apple cider that's then warmed. That's, oh, that's no, really, very, that's yeah. hard to surpass. Yeah, very true. That's Very kind true. of a nighttime treat, though, right? Hot apple cider yeah. in front of the fire. Mm-hmm. Little cinnamon stick, maybe. Nice little cinnamon stick. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> now I'm all calm and feel good about things. There you okay, go. Bill. Um, yes. I thought that. Well, I have a lot of friends who live in Southwest Florida since I grew up in Tampa, and the devastation is. Uh, I mean. I, it's hard to see it on video and think that it does, you know, justice to the reality, but it goes on and on and on and on and on for miles and miles and miles. And there are a lot of people who are going to be internally displaced from Southwest Florida to the rest of the United States of America because they're not going back because there's not anything to go back to. Um, and we talk about the number of people who are without power. That's just the people who could potentially have their power restored because there is a place to which power could be restored. There are millions of people who are not going to have their power restored because there's no stru- there's no infrastructure and there is no physical building to which power could be restored. We're talking about people who have lost everything. And so I wanted to have a conversation with you in light of like this kind of destruction. Where where does a person start over? Like when literally all is lost. Where does a person start over? So for the Christian, I think it starts over by looking at Job. I think Job becomes our model because Job lost everything, right? He lost all of his material wealth. He lost his kids. The only part of his family he didn't lose was his wife. He lost his reputation. He lost his health. He lost everything. <clears throat> really being a pawn in the in a chess game between God and Satan. And um, he really becomes our model here. Look, at the core of our biblical theology is, and, and I, I realize that this is kind of, at first it's going to be a little bit off base, but at the core of our biblical theology is our is our need to glorify God. Everything we do in life, everything we say in life is meant to glorify God. And so when we suffer, we have the tendency, Carmen, to make that suffering about ourselves, to put ourselves, in a sense, at the center of the universe. When we're blessed, it's kind of easy to say, hey, you know, all glory to God, right? But when we're suffering, it's a lot more difficult to say, I give all the glory to God. Um, And yet both suffering and blessing uh, and times of blessings represent opportunities for us to glorify God, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I think Job had it right when he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Easy to say 
perhaps a little bit more difficult to do, but I think Job's response should be our response. When we lose it all, when we lose everything, we still say, blessed be the name of the Lord and give glory to him. And then we start taking one step in front of the other and begin to rebuild our lives. Hmm. Let's, um, let's take a very brief break and we come back. Let's talk about how we start putting that one foot in front of the other and the importance of those around us and, um, and things beyond the physical, the emotional and the spiritual as well. We're talking with Bill English. We're just having a conversation, honest conversation this morning as believers um, in terms of how do you how do you start over when everything is lost? It might have been a fire, it might have been a flood, it might have been a hurricane or a tornado or a derecho. Um, but how do you start over when when all that you'd built and saved and the memories that you'd created, you know, are are literally blown to bits or um, or fly away in the wind? We're we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. Um, Bill, when uh, when everything is lost, like we, Job is certainly the character in the Bible to whom we can turn. Um, I mean, he he loses everything. Um, he loses his financial wealth. He loses his children. He loses um, relationships. Um, he loses his health at some level. And yet he responds, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is the right, you know, that is the right and righteous response. Um, and then there is the rebuilding. I mean, we know when we when we fast forward and read the end of Job, I mean, we know that not only is Job restored, um, but, you know, but he is blessed. He walks forward in, in life uh, as a person of material wealth and and healthy relationships and on and on and on. At some point, he had to get up from the ash heap and take, take a first step. Talk about, talk about ginning up the energy to take the first step. Yeah. That's the toughest part. That's the toughest part. I'm fond of saying that uh, the only difference between a failed entrepreneur and a successful one is that the one who's successful got up one more time, right? The hardest part is to get back up and start taking those first few steps. And that's where you just have to reach down inside and say, this is what God wants me to do, and I'm going to do it even if I don't want to. Uh, but beyond that, the, the the rebuilding requires resources, right? I mean, we have to have resources to rebuild. And in America, anyways, the resources include insurance. So you need to, you need to have anticipated that a, a disaster could potentially happen, and you need to have purchased insurance, whether it's home insurance, car insurance, you know, other kinds of, maybe flood insurance, whatever it is, 
you need to have purchased that insurance. And then it shows the importance also another resource of having an emergency reserve of cash, whether it's three mm -hmm. months or six months equal to your uh, salary, because the disaster may have taken out the business that you worked at, right? Like what, what we're seeing in Florida is that uh, people's homes are, are destroyed, but there's a lot of businesses that have been destroyed too, a lot of churches mm -hmm. and other, other types of places. So, so you need, you need that, and you also need the support of friends and family. And that's where being part of a local church, being part of a church body where you can receive help uh, is, is really needed. And sometimes that body may be a larger denomination. It may not just be your local, local church. Um, and really, one, this is kind of um, paradoxical here. Carmen, one thing that's really going to help you is if you don't love material things, right? So mm -hmm. uh, emotionally to move on and to, and to have the emotions and the energy to get up and get going again, you have to just look at all the stuff that you lost and say, well, it's stuff, you know, it's, it's not really all that important. And so um, to the extent that you love your material things, you, it's, it's going to actually hamper your ability to get going again. But to the extent that you only love God and, and you know, love your family, that kind of thing, um, you'll be able to get up and get going again because the stuff really doesn't matter. Yeah, I think of, um, I think of three words, relationships, relationships, relationships. <laughs> I mean, if this is about our relationship with God. This is about understanding who we are and who God is and his character and his ways. And um, it's about... Um, relationships with other Christians and a network of fellow believers, um, not only, you know, really close to home, but recognizing that we're a part of a global fellowship. Um, and it's about relationships with, you know, I mean, I, as you have said, like, you know, your insurance agent, your banker, an attorney, a financial planner, relationships with your neighbors, relationships with emergency service personnel in your community. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. This is about a network of relationships. Um, and then, you know, obviously here in the United States, uh, being a part of uh, a, a fellowship of people across the country who really do help one another. And, yes. um, and, and that is an extraordinary reality as well. So um, when we, um, when, when maybe, maybe let's think about the corollary, because there are those of us okay. who are not living in, you know, in the, in the cone of disaster, how do you know? Right. How do we be a good friend and a good neighbor right now to people who have lost it all? Well, uh, I think the first thing is not to assume that how we want to help them is how they need help. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's a book called "When Helping Hurts," and I encourage everybody to read that. Uh, sometimes you do not want to give in the way that you want to give because it doesn't help the other person. And don't give mainly to make yourself feel better. Don't, you know, if, if you're feeling guilty that, you know, Hurricane Ian didn't take out your house, that's not the right motivation uh, to say, I'm going to give to somebody else. Uh, the other thing is, that I know I'm giving negatives here, but don't be knee-jerkish in your reaction. Take time to get to know the situation. Work with people who are, are really skilled at this, organizations like Samaritan Ministries, or no, Samaritan Purse. Samaritan's Purse. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Convoy of Hope, Samaritan's Purse, the um, each of the denominational responses. We've talked with the Southern Baptist about their disaster response. Like, yeah, there's some really reputable organizations on the ground. Yeah, partner with them instead of instead of trying to be the Lone Ranger on this. 
And the one other thing I would just say, in order to be a good friend to someone who's lost it all, you need to continue to be the good friend to people that you're already connected to. So if you're already connected to difficult situations, so for example, if you're already giving to the relief efforts in Puerto Rico or Kentucky or other places around the United States, don't stop giving there and and move to the next crisis. Be consistent and follow through on what you're already doing. And then if God enables you to give more, that's great. I mean, I'm not saying don't give, but um, the way you be a good friend is to actually understand what they need and give in a way that's helpful to them and then stick with it for the long term. And long term probably means years, not just months or weeks. Yeah, it's, um, it, is, it is going to be long term. Hey, um, oh, just is. a reminder, um, floridadisaster.org. Um, FEMA.gov, um, good starting places just in terms of understanding what is happening. And then obviously the disaster responses um, happening through Convoy of Hope, Samaritan's Purse, um, the the Southern Baptist disaster response, um, on and on and on. Um, give where you're able and where God has called you to give. And then, yeah, let me just echo what Bill has said. Wherever God has already called you, in terms of a disaster response, maybe that is, maybe you are still responding to, um, you know, people who are rebuilding after fires in California or after uh, the derecho in um, in the Upper Midwest last year, or uh, you know, maybe you're still responding to a disaster in some part of the country or around the world where God specifically called you to give and to serve. Don't stop giving and serving there. Um, and then, if you're not giving and serving anywhere, ask God where he's calling you today to give and to serve. Bill, as always, thank you so much. You are welcome. Have a good day, Carmen. You too. You guys can find Bill English at BibleAndBusiness.com. Let's take a break for Breakpoint. You have somebody in your life who um, identifies as LGBTQ or some other um, letter um, covered by the plus sign in the LGBTQ plus um, constellation of identities. Uh, I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. We're bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the issues that we all face every day. And increasingly, Christian families, um, those of us who are Christians, you know, we have members of our own families uh, and or people to whom we are very close um, who are identifying um, along a sexual expression of identity that does not conform to our biblical understanding of God's created order and how we respond to that and how we move forward in hope in the midst of that um, is something that requires our attention. And so even if you don't currently have someone in your life who identifies as LBGTQ or some other letter, um, trust me when I tell you, you have someone in your life who identifies as LGBTQ+. But for some reason, they haven't told you yet. 
And so when they do tell you, how are you going to move forward in hope? Denise Schick um, is going to join us next. This is her own story, her own um, path of life um, in terms of her own lived experience. It's also a path she has walked with many, many others. Her new book is Moving Forward in Hope, a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Denise Schick is back. Um, She has joined us on prior occasions to share her own story and some resources for families um, when they have a loved one who discloses um, a a sexual preference or identity that um, newly defines them in ways that um, depart from what we understand to be God's good design in in creation and his ordering of things. You can find uh, resources that help for families, that's the number four, helpforfamilies.org. Denise is back today to talk about a new devotional. It's called Moving Forward in Hope, a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. Denise, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. So um, let's, um, let's start with um, what is Moving Forward in Hope and who needs it? Wow. Moving Forward in Hope is actually a a lifetime dream that I have had to have such a resource for families. This is a 90-day devotional to help families navigate through their journey as we address the issues of feeling lost, questioning where are you, God, Uh, sometimes walking in shame in the desert and not knowing where to turn, who's Who's there to walk with us through this journey? And nobody better than God himself. As we start to question ourselves, struggle with our own faith, walking a journey of having a loved one that identifies as LGBTQ plus really is a journey for us ourselves and our faith. It is an opportunity for us to grow, though we don't always embrace it and look at it is an opportunity Knowing this myself, it's very difficult, but it is possible to make your way through this journey as you hang on to God and are assured in your heart and soul that He is with you and He is there for your comfort. So I want to um, I want to take you to a moment in time and then have you speak directly to my friend Dawn. Um, and, and this is, um, as succinctly as I can share it, this is her story. So uh, the moment, <clears throat> the moment is, um, what she describes as, uh, a sucking feeling in her chest. She could still hear her little boys playing in the next room. Um, as her husband told her that he'd been having a years long relationship with a man and he wanted her to support him as he pursued this dual life in a more open manner. Um, he sought to use her, her faith in God as a weapon in his attempt to convince her that, you know, it was her Christian obligation to remain in their marriage and raise their children and, and, and publicly appear as if nothing was unusual or out of the ordinary, even as he was going to pursue this completely duplicitous life of sexual anarchy. 
her whole world came crashing down in a moment and she describes it as this like like sucking feeling in her chest she couldn't breathe she certainly could not imagine moving forward in hope denise will you invite my friend dawn into this devotional experience Yes, you know, uh, Dawn and, and others like her, uh, honestly, what, what they're going through and that feeling, boy, do I know what that feels like. It feels like somebody sucker punched you, you're down on the floor, you're out and trying to get up. That idea doesn't even seem to exist. To have somebody that is suggesting that you stay with them, particularly a spouse, while they live this secret life is really asking the wife to give up her life for him and his desires of what he wants that's entrapping her into a marriage that is not a holy matrimony. It is a one-sided, self-centered relationship. And that's not what marriage is about at all. It isn't even honoring God uh, for a husband to ask that of a wife. To stay in. I had seen what this had done to my own mother with my father, who identified as a woman. It, be, it just sucked the life right out of her. It was horrible to watch as a child to see what was happening and, and yet everybody being silent around. So for Don and others to know, I know what that's like. Believe me, I remember what it was like not wanting to get out of bed, literally, to talk my feet, to look at my feet and say, you can do this, Denise. You can put one foot down on the floor. And to do that a number of times, to talk myself out of bed in the morning, to be able to go take care of my children. I didn't want to do it. It was, it was the time where I understood what being in a deep depression was all about. And mm-hmm. I will never forget that. That... Um that choice is empowering, right? I mean, there is an empowerment that comes from recognizing that I have a choice of how I'm going to walk with this new information in relationship to this person that I love. Um, Talk about the, the choice to either invite God into our pain and allow him to minister to us or push him aside as if we could navigate this on our own. Yeah, by inviting God into that pain, he's there when we're screaming, when we are crying, and where we feel like our tears equal that of a river or an ocean because we're so heartbroken. We're inviting the Holy Spirit into that brokenness and come to a a place of asking or pleading him, Father, please help me with this. I can't do this alone, recognizing that we are, we're weak. We need his strength. We need his comfort and his love, his assurance that there will be a better tomorrow. Today really stinks, but tomorrow can be better. Hang on to me is the Lord's plea to us. Hang on to me. When we leave God behind because we've lost faith, we've questioned, is he really hearing me? Does he hear my prayers? Why aren't you answering them the way that I want? Those are all tactics. They're all uh, questions that Satan, the enemy, wants us to hear and to believe so that we will walk away from God ultimately and believe in a lifetime that God was not there for us. 
I think it's so important for family members to know this isn't just a journey for their loved one. It is a journey for you as well. And Satan wants nothing more than to take your faith of God away from you. Hmm. We're talking with Denise Schick. Um, the website is Help for Families. That's the number four, helpforfamilies.org. The book we're talking about today is um, is a 90-day devotional, Moving Forward in Hope. Um, we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio's social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. You say I'm loved when I can feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. We're talking with Denise Schick. The book is Moving Forward in Hope, a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. Um, Denise, a lot of folks texting in on our text line at 877-933-2484, talking about the ways in which they can relate to the conversation that we're having, the challenges that they're facing in their own families um, uh, and in their own congregations, among their friends, I mean, on and on and on. Um, let's talk about the uh, the emotions, the feelings that are associated with um, um, with like learning that somebody in our family is LGBTQ plus or is identifying as that, the things that we feel, um, and and then the things I think that we try to hide from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because I think this is a challenge as well. Like, how do we go public in our church when a member of our family um, is living, you know, is living an identity that is contrary to what we as believers understand to be God's good and perfect will? Uh, well, uh, most of us um, would say that have a loved one that identifies in this alphabet, uh, struggle with the reality. So we're, we're li- we can live in denial, you know, not wanting to admit the reality of the situation that we are facing. We also uh, go from denial to coming into a little bit of that reality, but that gut-wrenching sucker punch in the stomach that just seems to settle for way too long in us. We don't know what to do. We don't know who to trust as family members. If we tell our our colleagues, you know, at work, let's admit it, today's world, you're going to run into some conflicts there if you work in, especially in the secular world, Mm -hmm. because of people being pro so you, you don't know who to trust, even in our church, because this is very private, right? We don't want somebody taking our family situation 
and gossiping about this. Mm-hmm. This is a very private matter, and we feel shame a lot of times mm-hmm. attached to our situation. And the other struggle that we can have as family members, if we tell those in our church, will they look at us as a failure, as a Christian in some way, because of how we're handling the situation. Everybody's a, do- a, a Abby, dear Abby. They, they have their advice, but if it's not biblical, they will give another uh, person that's in their church unbiblical advice. And that can throw in a, a real wrench into the system of how the person is dealing with it. Uh, there's different situations. One that I am recalling right now is where a man that attended a, a church was told when his son identified as being transgender uh, to call him by all the names, by the pronouns, and all of that gave him the threat that his son would commit suicide if he didn't. It ended up turning disastrous on the man. And that wasn't really biblical advice as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we listen to those around us, kind of like Job. He had his friends uh, pulling in. Who who do we listen to and who do we not? Um, We can be very self-protective, which doesn't allow anybody in. And that is a warning that I give people when we stay self-protective, isolate, and don't find those that are safe to share in the church. We're isolating ourselves. We're isolating our pain. And we have very, a very difficult time in moving forward in that faith, moving forward in that hope. And that's really what the enemy wants us. He wants to freeze us. He doesn't want us to feel the freedom in our faith to believe that God is all-powerful and He is here in your prayers. He doesn't want us to believe that God is really with us even when it doesn't feel like it, even when you are having a very difficult time in praising Him, to find one small thing to praise Him. So we have to recognize what is of God and what is of the enemy trying to stop us from moving forward in our own healing. Hmm. If you're having a hard time, um, you know, sorting things out and sifting through what is um, what is true and consistent with God's revealed um, plan and will and design versus what the world is telling you, um, or certainly what your loved one is trying to convince you to believe, this is a really helpful um, resource, and it's devotional in nature, moving forward in hope, a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. Um, Denise Schick is the author. You can also find her and many ministry resources at Help for Families. That's the number four, helpforfamilies.org. Denise, um, you've been there. Um, you've walked this path. You walk this path. Talk about the need to empty ourselves of some things in order that we can be filled with other things. One of the things that uh, most family members, myself included, that we need to really empty of ourselves to, to let out is any guilt or false guilt that we are holding on to, that it's my fault this situation is happening. I could have, should have, whatever that we can put in that place because we are not going to move forward in our healing if we are allowing those thoughts to keep us captive. So to recognize and also to, to just empty ourselves completely. I mean, to not just trust on your own, own abilities, but to trust God with his abilities 
that he will move you forward. It's an empty and where you are, there's nothing left inside. You know, it's almost you have given it all over. But you have. Well, we um, we lost Denise there. Um, That is technology sometimes working against us. So. Oh, she's take, back. There you go. Yeah. Take, you know, saying saying uh to to the Lord just take this pain. Take mm. everything that I'm going through. I trust you with all my heart. I lean not on on my own understanding, but I lean into you, God. To believe mm. that, even if you can't believe it at this moment, you find some scriptures and you repeat those repetitively until they are on the tablet of your heart to help to strengthen you to come to that place. I love that. I love inviting God in. I love creating, I love this notion that I have to empty myself of grief and disappointment and heartache and guilt and and then invite God to fill that space or even invite him to come and push those things out. Like, right, the that... Um, yes that expulsive power of a new affection, like, right? Like, let me invite God to just get in there and push those other things out um, and and embrace his word as, I mean, as a real gift um, for the living of these days, for the meeting of these challenges, for getting, getting my feet back onto the floor in order that I can um, stand up one more time, you know, and, and face one more day. Like, it, it is hard but if we're going to walk, if we're going to actually walk um, through this very particular pain, then we've got to be people who walk, I mean, step by step in the spirit, moving forward in hope. Um, it's just, uh, so the devotional is such a gift. The journey with you is such a gift. You are such a delightful um, companion along this journey. So Denise, let me just say thank you on behalf of um, of everyone for whom moving forward in hope, this devotional is just going to be such a great gift and companion for where they're walking right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You guys can connect with Denise online, help for, that's the number four, helpforfamilies.org. Um, one listener also texted in um, a resource they have found really helpful, the Restored Hope Network, um, our friend Ann Polk um, as well. So restoredhopenetwork.org, another resource for those of you Um, who have family members who identify as LGBTQ+. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Lots of you um, texting in this morning, resonating with conversations that we've had. Um, one individual saying, let's keep uh, our veterans in mind as they lead the list of those who take their own lives um, here in the United States. Um, thank you to those of you texting in, um, sharing how your churches are engaging already in disaster response in relationship to uh, Hurricane Ian. Um, thank you to um, those of you who are talking about how you're coming alongside um, Christian families in terms of legal challenges and then ministries uh, related to uh, same-sex attraction and transgenderism. Those of you lifting up the Restored Hope Network and other places where you have found um, partners to walk with in the journey. Um, God is good. God is good. I'm thinking here of Anita who shared that 14 years ago they 
lost their family in a tornado um, and that God has proven faithful. The, you know, my family survived. I'm thankful for so many people that helped us out then. And yes, it's just stuff. So many of you checking in this morning um, on our text line. I appreciate the, the good, rich fellowship that we have here together. I'm going to be praying for you today. Let us be praying one for the other. In particular, um, pray for Nancy today. God knows um, her concern and her need. Um, and um, God knows where this missing individual is that uh, that she's lifting up in prayer today. So let's thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.